is this thing on? This thing is on. Okay. I think we've got success here. So bear with us. Uh, We're back. This is still season two of Seat of Your Pants, I think. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. Busy. How the hell are you, you doing, Ty? You were out gallivanting and doing mm-hmm. big shows and traveling. Have we been back since you went to Prague? I can't remember. Ooh, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Everything kind of blends together. You know, um, we'll have a, a guest here, someone completely flake out there. You know, life just gets in the way. I get sick or I get a root canal or just some bullshit happens. But uh, you know what? We're going to make this work today. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're, we're going to make it work. And it's good to be back uh, to our, anybody who's been living under a rock for any significant period of time. My name is Jay. I'm the host of Seat of Your Pants. I'm with Why Not, one of the owners. And along with me, as always, is my co-host, Mistress Kai. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we're ready to knock this out of the park. And we've got a well, we only have great guests on the show. You know, I mean, we don't fuck around. We, we, we don't. Get, this, this guy, you know, I mean, I've known him for probably 20 years. That sounds probably about right. Um, he's got a lot going for him. You know, he's old school, but, you know, at the same time, he does things outside of the industry. I want to just kind of see how he volleys whatever questions and insanity we decide to throw his way in our style, you know? So I didn't know you guys uh, have known each other so long. Yeah, I mean, I'll just I'll just introduce him right now, everybody. I've got uh, Dirty Danza, also known as Danza of the Danza Duo, with us. How you doing, brother? What's going on, Jay? How are you, man? Oh, it's great to see you. In fact, I just saw him recently. Uh, I was in Vegas. Um, yeah, I mean, back in the earliest days of the industry, I would always see Danza at events like AVN uh, or, you know, maybe the Phoenix Forum. Cybernet, Internet. Yep. And we would also be at like the Summer Internext. You went to the Summer Internext in Florida, right? Oh, loved it. Hollywood. That was one of my favorite shows was the uh, the West in there. I mean, just renting out yeah. the entire hotel. I mean, yep. we're going back to, you know, 2002, 2003. Exactly. Oh, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Times Long were time. insane. Very different times back then. And, and those uh, were the good days. I mean, you know, we were making money on the internet of videos, tiny little screens, and, you know, it's it's evolved. Well, let me ask you. How much ass were you kicking financially back in those days? Because, I mean, those are the days where affiliate program operators and even just affiliates in general were easily making six figures a month, if not more. It was, you know, those were the days of printing money by putting up little, you know, 240 wide clips of real media online. I mean, we were doing we were doing good. The problem is uh, I live in Vegas, so it was so tempting to come down and gamble. Oh, you know. Dude, did it's, you lose a fortune back in the day? I mean, the you know the the second tower they built at the Palms. Yeah. So there's there's a little little plaque there. You know how the Masons put the cornerstone in. They had me come down. They said, "Hey, you know you you, you built three stories here." <laughs> <laughs> well, let me ask. Uh, well, first of all, Kai had had you ever I guess met or known uh, about the man, the myth, the legend that is Dirty Danza? No, but you what know, an intro. Thank you for that <laughs> intro, by the way. It's funny because um, I saw the picture of you guys in Vegas, like, what, yeah. two weeks ago? And I'm like, man, yeah, yeah, about I think that. I know that dude. And then the name, the, I, I don't know how, but there's probably somewhere, you know, when we get to be our age. I mean, you just had these brain farts, but no, not 
that I can, you know, my oldster head can go, oh, yeah, we met, blah, blah, blah. But sure. when I saw your face in that picture, I was like, man, I think I know that dude. You know how that goes, right? Oh, yeah. 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 When you look and you're like, I know, where do I know this person right? from? Yeah. Well, really? I mean, physically, you haven't really changed that much at all over the years. I mean, you know, yeah, your hair is a little bit uh, different compared to back Gone in the day. Now, yeah, compared yeah. to used to rock the mohawk. <laughs> now I'm rocking no hawk. No hawk. There you go. There's a new term. And you heard yeah. it here first. Um, but, I mean, you know, you've remained incredibly fit over the years. I mean, you've got oh, thank some you, serious sir. Thank you, sir. fighting. I would love to hear, you know, about your experience. I mean, it was it was MMA, right? You were doing yeah, MMA? Uh, yes, yeah. so I'm a jiu-jitsu black belt, and uh, then I took up MMA. Uh, we opened up Vanderlei Silva's gym here in Vegas in 2009. I got to fight a couple times under... His banner, it's, uh, I've had a good time, man, a good time in the, uh, uh, in the fight business. What I tell people is I enjoy coaching people more, and I'll tell you why. Uh, I could have two, three fighters on a card, right? And when you coach them, I get my rocks off two, three times a night, and I don't have to get punched in the face. <laughs> when I fight, it could be lights out in the first round. I get two minutes of fun. It's kind of like my sex life. I get two minutes of fun, and then... Uh, <laughs> So, but I got a lot of fun stories, man. I mean, I've been knocked out by Roy Nelson. Uh, you know, uh, a lot of lot of fun stories. I've I've trained with a lot of the the, the great guys. I mean, I come, you know, kind of like we, you have your graduating class and the adult websites. Um, yeah. You know, where we all kind of came up around the same time, and you know, I call that the graduating class. It's kind of the same way in uh, MMA. You got you know your Chuck Liddell's, your Tito Ortiz, all these guys, and I now there's just name. a whole new breed of fighters, and I have no idea who's even. You know, it's it's one of those where if you don't immerse yourself in it, you just you lose track of anything that goes on in it. And after a while, as my as my age got up, uh, it it's not fun to get punched in the face. I, I sit and think <laughs> about Randy Couture fighting into his late forties, and I'm thinking that's that's insane. Well, you're at a weight division where it's not so much. I mean, yes, there's a lot of brute fucking force going on for your for your weight division, but speed, dude. I mean, oh, just person. it's. <laughs> I mean, so fast. You could take a combination of three or four hits in less than a second. Literally. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, these guys are, are so fast. I tell you, I had a chance to uh, play around with Zach Judah, boxer, not MMA, Zach Judah. Um, he was actually beating Floyd Mayweather. That was the melee where uh, Floyd's uncle jumped in the ring and, every, you know, all the corners jumped in and started fighting. It was Floyd Mayweather and Zab Judah. Yeah. Zab is probably the most naturally talented boxer out there. And he caught, he's, oh, he's Southpaw. He caught me one time in the, in the ribs and it hurt in my chest. That's how hard he hit me in the ribs. Oh I felt it in my chest. Well, you're lucky your ribs didn't freaking crack or like oh. one of them drove into your lungs or something. You know, into the heart, something along those lines. It only takes a couple good, uh, a couple good beatings before you decide, you know what? I don't know if I'm really about this life. I don't know if I yeah. want to get punched in the face all the time. I don't know. It just, it takes a special kind of king size balls and... Just a little bit of disregard for your own safety, you know, to be able to to do that. I mean, I I haven't been in a fight since I was about twenty years old, and I kind of want to keep it that way because you never know who's going to come back for more, who's going to pull oh, out yeah. a gun, who's going to do this. I mean, now, obviously, you're doing it the legal way, and you're inside a ring, but I mean, sure. you know, you and others are trained to to end someone, so yeah. it's like. It's just, it's crazy. But let me ask you this, you know, yeah. I guess if you can say, like from a financial perspective, sure. I mean, you see how much world-class boxers make even for losing. I mean, you can be, you know, a loser on every card for life and be a oh, multi-multi-millionaire, yeah. you know? 
Granted, oh, you're yeah. going to have a hard time stringing words together by the time you're 30, but... Yeah, you're going to be pretty punch drunk at that point. There, yeah. There's some money in it. Not what you would think. Really? Really. So, I mean, figure, you know, say you got 30 to, 30 to show, 30 to win, and that would be main card for UFC, right? 30,000 a show, 30,000 if you win as far as a bonus goes. Well, you've been training, let's just say three months. So now you break that down, you're 10,000 a month. You got tax man, you got 10% to your manager, you got 20% that goes out to your, you know, your corner people, all your sparring partners. Um, You got to eat, pay rent. You got to eat real good nutrition. I mean, supplement, all that stuff. Uh, if they're paying your medicals, depends on a big organization like UFC, they pay medicals and all that stuff. So, you know, I mean, when you when you break in the time that you're training, uh, getting punched in the face, doing this, doing that. I mean, if you don't win that fight, you could have a whole camp of making eight, nine dollars an hour. You know, if you want to really break that, oh that, that you got beat up and you lost. <laughs> so now your stock goes down at the same time, you know. Now, if you win... Um, you know, you get an extra 30, so you can double that. So there's money in it, but you got to truly love the sport. I wouldn't say it's not one of those where, you know, uh, you're going to strip your way through college as far as fighting your way through college. You know, I'd much rather strip. Yeah. Do you find that most of the the guys and and folks that are in it are in it because they love it? That You know, it's not just like our industry. A lot of people will come in it just, you know, for the bag. But it seems like that industry... Like you, you have to have a love or a passion. There's got to be a seed of passion in there somewhere. You have. To. It's almost like, uh, and I don't know if you guys remember the wrestlers from high school or college, but they're just they're so dedicated and focused to what they're doing. I mean, wrestlers make the best employees, the best friends, best because they're used to feeling like shit all the time. I don't know if I can swear on here, but they're used to feeling bad for cutting <laughs> yes. weight, you know, getting punched, getting beat up, and they still show up at four in the morning for training still train after school they still do this and it's you know some of these professional fighters i mean they're doing two and three a day so they're training six hours a day where they have their heart rate up in that you know 140 to 160 range and they're keeping it there for you know hours on end i mean they're one of my old coaches said cardio should never be a reason to lose a fight i mean that's something that you can train for free it doesn't hurt does it? You're not getting beat up for if you when you start seeing the guy get tired getting beat up and they're tired looking up they didn't train they didn't train for the fight. Holy cow. That Those numbers, that's unbelievable because I know you were sort of making jest, but it really does, when you look at the numbers, can break down to eight or nine bucks an hour. And from oh, yeah. the imbalance of that, the energy, oh, yeah. the commitment, the time, um, the, the battering on your body and mentally and physically and spiritually, and for it to come down to something like that, that's where I was, I was thinking, like, there's got to be a passion there. Because who would you, do you that? Gotta have that right. And you got to find good sponsors that are willing to, you know, uh, go through the voyage with you to give you money to kind of supplement the extra income in there. And like you said, the beat on the body, I had to uh, pull out of a fight in 2010 because of a bruise on the brain. Um, pre-fight, pre-fight medical, you got to get your MRIs, you got to get your blood work, all that stuff. And um, they called me and said, hey, you got a uh, bruise on your brain. And we're we're going to have to not clear you. And I said, oh, that sounds pretty serious. Yeah. 
I would say so. A little bit. So it's wow. you didn't know? You you didn't, like you didn't feel it? You didn't have any symptoms? They just were like, you hey, know, by the way. My way. coach noticed it. He noticed I was a little on the slow side, just kind of mm-hmm. getting my hands up to block stuff. He said, you're you're not reacting the way you normally do. I think huh. something's off. Right. So a good coach should be able to see that stuff. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Technically, even save your life at some point, right? you know? For sure. So, I mean, he, I definitely credit him with that. Well, you know, shifting gears just a little bit here, because I want to get into your career as well. I mean, you're classically a lover and a fighter. And, right. you know, so uh, That's this penny whole, dropper uh, stuff there, right? Right. This penny right. dropper it's, stuff. <laughs> so this, this Danza duo thing, when, uh, I guess, when did you brand it like that? I mean, I had the pleasure of uh, meeting Heather uh, at my award show in Hollywood yeah. a few months back. Uh, and then again, recently in Vegas and uh, your team. How long has that been going on, I guess? Because I didn't think it was really – you did a lot more solo work, I think, back in the day. I did, yeah. Yeah, I did. So uh, let's – we'll go all the way back to 2003. Um, flew Heather out. She uh, – well, I always say flew her out, but she likes to correct me and say that she bought her own ticket. <laughs> she, she flew herself out to uh, Vegas for a shoot. Um, we were unable to, to do the shoot just based off of the location of what we wanted and all that. So uh, she never left, right? And so I uh, fell in love with her, never left. Uh, this was yeah. 2003. We were married in 2004. And uh, she pretty much retired from the industry from 2004, raised our kids. We have one off to college now, another one about to be uh, off to college here shortly. And, uh, you know, kind of retired and switched gears Yeah, and was, was mom for 18 years. And then uh, uh, college can be expensive yeah. <laughs> out, out there, as you know, and kids can be expensive. So um, and she, you know, I'm lucky that she, I think she looks better today than she did the day I met her. So, you know, I, in Aww. March, I mentioned to her, I said, hey, you know, because um, I dabbled in live cam back in 2000. Uh, I want to say early 2002 on uh, a site called CAMS, C-A-M-Z. And, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, CAMS. Yeah, so yeah. it was kind of a neat uh, model that they had. For, it was only visible from members there of pay sites. So everybody watching was already a, a payer, right? They're already willing to whip their credit card out. And this is back in 2002, 2000, you know, the early 2000s. You want those surfers. Um, so we did pretty well. I had a uh, solo site with a girl called uh, Riley Ryder, who I since I didn't sold that content to the bang guys and they made millions off of it under the name of Taylor Bow. Um, I don't know if you guys remember the site Taylor Bow, but what they did is they rebranded all my content from uh, Riley Ryder. And it was the first ex-girlfriend website on the internet, the first revenge porn site, so to speak, was, you know, that was all their idea there. So fast forward now to 2022. And, you know, I said, Heather, um, and it's no secret what the economy is. And like I said, kids are expensive. I said, you know, you look fucking good. And uh, there's there's still some some dough to be made in the live cam world. Um, You know, why don't we give it a shot? And we she was on right away i'm like holy shit that easy <laughs> no convincing needed no no yeah. nothing is this that easy so um we started actually with mini vids because i'd always had a mini vids store since their inception so we started doing some live cam on there and uh, just made nothing and when i say nothing i mean we made you know twelve dollars a night eighteen dollars a night oh. just you know something lunch money if that oh that's you know? hard so uh, then we went over to uh, Chatterbait, and 
had our first, I want to say it was either our first or second day on Chatterbait. We made like 400 bucks and we were like, holy shit. Right. We're going to do this anyways, right? We're going to sit at home anyways. We're going to, uh, you know, film content with each other Um, because we were, you know, we we knew we had to do something because, again, um, and and I work a day job still. So, and we'll get into that here a little bit. My my day job, pretty interesting what I do. And I, you know, and I also run a company. I know Jay's on my Facebook, but I also run another uh, mainstream brick and mortar company, which we'll talk about. So, yeah, I mean, if you're willing to do that, that would be fantastic. So, 100%. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, Great. yeah, hundred percent. I'm, I'm definitely want to talk about my, my civilian side and my, uh, my adult side for sure. Sweet. So, um, then, then we, you know, we did a, a couple weeks on Chatterbait, and it's, it's exhausting. Look, if I grabbed a hundred guys, I'd be surprised if one could do it out of a hundred. I mean, just you know, it's. Live cam is the hardest thing I've ever done in an adult video. And I've, you've got to be I've filmed on. a lot of scenes. Like, you've got to be on and not just on. Like, you got to be on. That's yeah, and, and there's no script. You right? don't get to practice for mm-hmm. it. You just, you know, you can do one show with a, uh, with a guy who wants to um, be submissive and a cuck and, and all this stuff. And then the very next show, he wants you to fuck her throat as hard as you can. And then mm-hmm. the very next show... Uh, wants me to suck on her toes. So, you know, you're playing all different characters there. Improv, right? The improv of it, the spontaneous improv. Like, there's so many. I admire people that do that because there's so many pressures involved. And not only do you have the pressure of trying to act right, but as a guy in the adult industry, you have one major pressure. Give it up. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Clock is sticking. Before you can do anything else, I mean, you you know, that's the that's the basis of an adult video is, you know, you got to have a guy and a girl and there has to be action there somewhere along the lines. So it's, it's definitely the toughest, uh, you know, for me and, and Jay will tell you, um, I kind of built a name being pretty rough online. So it's, it's fun to me to, to play all different roles, right? Cause there's guys that come in and want to show where she doms me and I consider myself a pretty good actor. I can, I can go switch. So I, I enjoy not being dirty danza all the time and still getting to be dirty danza, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, you were talking about your, you know, your adult side and then your like vanilla person person that you are. I think sure. everybody sort of brings that anyway. So it just makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like you doing the switchy thing. Like it, it just makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah. I think everybody is, uh, has some switch. Right? In them. We're just multidimensional. Human beings are multidimensional. You know, we're not, we're not, you know, monolith, you know, we don't have a monolith existence. So, um, right. And I could see you being able to switch that, um, you know, on command and switch it over. Like, I could totally see you doing that. Not everybody can do that, and that's probably why you're successful in general. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. I appreciate the kind words. It's uh, it's it's fun. Um, I've mm-hmm. done, like Jay, I've done some acting as well. And I, uh, I remember when I was being trained, uh, I was trained by Paul Rodriguez, comedian, and he, he says, look, whatever role you're playing – be that role, be that person in your head, right? No matter walk like that person, what would this person do if he walked into Seven Eleven? What would this person, you know, do? And it's, it, it's fun. Cause I, I fall into character. Yeah. You got to create a history. And I mean, it doesn't matter the, the size of the character, even if it's a walk on role. And I mean, you know, the majority of any kind of film or TV that I've done have been, you know, 10 lines and less. They're not mm-hmm. fully developed characters. They're just someone that's there for the scene 
says their minds or whatever and then moves on. I mean, I've had mm-hmm. a few pretty decent ones that, God, I wish they really could have turned into something, but they, they just didn't. They were just for that episode or maybe one other episode. But yeah, I mean, you know, you have to do all these things and give them something so that you're not just going up there and just, I mean, well, first of all, you have to be able to do this to begin with in order to get the job. I mean, mm-hmm. people who suck, you know, unless they've got, you know, luck or nepotism or a certain look, or they're blowing somebody, you know, you're, you're, you're not going to just get the fucking job. So, right. Right. You know? Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I would love to get back in acting, but yeah, I, I want to hear more about, you know, uh, your, your, your so-called civilian life and what, you know, you're doing uh, sure. outside of the industry. Sure. Sure. So, uh, I'm a senior paralegal and office manager of the largest criminal defense law firm in, uh, in Las Vegas. So, in fact, you can kind of see this is my this is my my home, my my office here. Oh, my goodness. It's big. And oh, I know exactly. Well, not exactly where you are, but I mean, you're I, I mean, I recognized, you know, some of the landmarks there. Yeah, dude. So the the uh, the Wells Fargo Tower here in Las Vegas, um, it's right behind the wink. I got the wink out of the window over here. So, yeah, we've done some pretty big cases. And I'm also a firearms instructor. I know Jay sees me. uh I'm posting on Facebook about that. So our law firm actually scored the largest decision in the history of that for the Second Amendment. Um, I'm a huge um, fighter for rights, whether it be the first, second, I'm every one of them. And, you know, people that see me online and I confuse them all the time because they don't know what side of the fence I'm on. If I'm on the left side, the right side. And I always tell people I'm on the best side for people. I want the best of both worlds. I want the best for everybody. I want I just want the best and I want to fight. You know, I want to defend your rights and I want you to help me defend my rights. Uh-huh, uh-huh. There's a lot of a lot of anti Second Amendmenters in the adult industry. And I try to let them know, hey, uh, you want a Second Amendment guys to back you guys up because uh, you're a First Amendment fight. And the first is always backed up by the second. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So but no, that's my uh, those are my civilian jobs. So. Um, I always, you know, I joke in my, I teach uh, CCW classes and all that. And I joke in my classes. My day job is I defend criminals and put them back in the streets. And then I teach you guys how to defend yourselves against bad guys. So it's kind of job security all the way around. So would you say you put the criminals back on the street just so that you can train your firearms on them? Exactly. Okay. Yeah, good. That way, that way I, you know, then I can tell, then I can tell my student, you know, I advertise for CCW classes. Hey, bad guys are back on the streets. You better, you better come get your lessons as quick as you can. <laughs> but I enjoy, I enjoy, uh, I enjoy teaching. I enjoy um, seeing uh, a young lady come in with, um, who's afraid of something. Maybe she's leaving a domestic relationship, something along those lines. She has no confidence in self-defense. And then after a couple of weeks of training, you can, you can see the confidence. And it's the same with teaching jujitsu to even kids, right? You can see a kid who's bullied and then you, you teach them, no, Hey, I'm going to teach you how to defend yourself, right? These people, they can't hurt you anymore. I'm going to teach you how to defend yourself, get away, you know, call uh, the authorities, do what you have to do to, to survive a, a bad situation. And it's, it's fulfilling to believe it or not, right? I get to everyone's like, you know, what's the best job you got? I always tell people, well, it's, it's not porn. Porn, porn's fun. Don't get me wrong. It, mm-hmm. it is what it is, right? But the the fun part of it is about five percent of of the adult world, and ninety five percent is now making money from it, selling it, you know, trying to make a living from it. But I get, yeah, people don't I really get, 
Yeah, you don't. There's so many, like she was saying, you know, a little earlier about, uh, um, like Mr. Sky was saying about, uh, you know, people jumping into the industry for the for the quick buck right away. Right. This isn't this isn't like showing up at a scene, getting paid for your scene, and you're done with your pay. We may show up or put a scene up today, and make forty dollars. Then tomorrow we'll make another fifty dollars. Then look at the end of the year, we've made five thousand dollars off this scene. Where if you show up, you would have only made a thousand dollars. It's you got to be in for the long haul. Sure, you know. So, but as far as fulfillment, yeah, I enjoy teaching. Uh, I enjoy teaching people. I enjoy watching people gain confidence to defend themselves. That's great. I love kickboxing. I'm I'm kind right. of a brutal. I don't look like a brutal person, but, you know, that sort of has helped me navigate through life because, you know, I look one way, I'm okay, people judge me one way, but inside I'm a very different person. And one of the things that is very different from all this messy long hair is that I'm a very brutal person inside. And I love kickboxing. And I've done um, some martial arts throughout my life, but, you know, life always sidetracked me over here, sidetracked me over there. And if I had to do it all over again, and if I was a young person now, I would so totally be an MMA fighter. Like, I, I just would – I. I'm a very brutal person. <laughs> it's, it's, fu- it's funny you say that because you can't, you can't teach – brutality right Mm -hmm. you can't teach someone to want to punch another human in the face they either got it or they don't have it yeah i love the impact when my fist or my palm or some part of my body is clobbering something else i love that i love the way it reverberates through my body i even the pain of the impact (laughs) i know i do see it's just it's so funny i mean i think (laughs) Unequivocally, I am by far the biggest pussy out of this episode. It's like <laughs> not even close. The thing is, you know what? I don't like hitting people. I don't like impact. I don't like doing anything like that. Mm-hmm. The only time I'm ever interested in doing something like that is if I'm tipped so completely over the edge and I'm right. so angry sure. and I've got a reason to do something like mm-hmm. that. But just regular punch play, anything like that, that's just so not me. And that's sort of the reason why I haven't been in a fight in such a long time. I mean, someone has to really piss me off and I have to really be in the mindset and thinking, okay, what are my options here? Do I have enough time to think this through and whatever? And, you know, usually I just try to avoid situations before they even become a situation. I mean, this is like real world shit. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking right. about stepping in a controlled ring or a controlled sure, sure, sure. You know, yeah. type of thing. Um, so, but uh, yeah, I mean, I just, I don't know. I just, I don't get into it. It's not my thing. I'm never going to fight somebody anyway. I'm going to walk away. I'm going to diffuse it. I'm going to whatever it, uh, but I am totally okay with survival mode. And if I got to go for somebody's throat, I am totally okay with that, but I'm never going to uh, fight with somebody. I'm going to walk away. That's just, you know, I can't, or I'll, you know, find a way to do do. But I I mean, we're, we're in a day and age where, you know, Dan's is a little bit younger than us, but, you know, I'm sure he was old enough to know that back in the day, you know, before, you know, we got into this world of no consequences and not having to face people and deal with stuff. You mm-hmm. had to stand up for yourself and you had right. to deal with shit and there you was no to. way mm-hmm. you could avoid it. Yeah. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. especially for us back in the seventies and eighties, yeah. you just, you, you fucked over someone or something bad happened. You're going to have to face the music at some point or yep. another. 
Um, oh, listen, I, I grew up in a pretty rough neighborhood here in Vegas, and uh, they, they oh, didn't yeah? call the police. They did street, you know. Right. They, if there was problems, the, the neighbors t- took care of the problems. Yeah, sure. And, you know, like Jay said, you, you had to be kind of – you had to be kind of tough to grow up uh, in our era. I don't know when that, uh, you know, I think that that all stopped when they stopped making good music, too, because as far as I'm concerned, they quit making <laughs> what good year? music. We could do a whole episode on this. 86, 88, somewhere in that time <laughs> Oh, frame. you think it was that long ago that good music was stopped? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, there, there was good, good oh, bands in the 90s. I'm, just, I'm an old school, you know, like we were so talking, I'm an old school punk fan. I mean, I was at the I mean, 100 Theater here when the Circle Jerks were playing when the roof came down. You know, so sure. I mean, there's... wow, wow, they're uh, it's the original. Yeah, I actually just right? saw the Circle Jerks a couple of months ago here in Austin. Well, you got let's see, Keith Morris, uh, vocals, Greg Hetson on guitar, yeah, Xander Schloss, I believe is his name, also on bass, different drummer though, yeah, but uh. Yeah, I mean, Keith Morris started the Circle Jerks, basically, you know, and Greg Greg Hudson was playing with Bad Religion, so on and off, but he's basically been with the band since its inception as well. I mean, if you watch yeah. uh, uh, Decline of the Western Civilization, that movie came out in, like, 1980, and uh, it was two of the guys yeah. that were in the band. Greg and Keith were there, uh, but it was a different drummer and a different bass player, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, when you think about bands like I don't know, Lagwagon, No Effects, Weezer, uh, Radiohead, and I, I mean, I'll go with the, those Radiohead and the Strokes. I think the Strokes are fantastic. In fact, I think they were the last great band. Heather you know, they've got the music. They're they're one of my favorites. In fact, of bands that were even putting out new music after 2010. I mean, yeah. I think their last studio album was like 2012 or 2013. I think it's a fucking masterpiece. But other there, than that, yeah, yeah, there weren't many. Most good music ended around 2000 for me. Yeah, yeah, definitely no, no new bands out there. You know, they they have some talent. There's some talented kids. I think the kid from Panic at the Disco is talented, um, but they're they're not what we grew up with. But for the most part, it's garbage. It's all garbage. Didn't our parents say these these exact same sentences about music from the 50s and 60s? <laughs> music to us. Yeah, kind of. I kind of remember my dad saying, oh, you know, the best music. And, of course, it was his era. But I remember my dad saying very similar sentences. Well, I got to be honest with you, though. I mean, I know a number of people between the ages of 18 and 25 Mm-hmm. That are big fans of the '80s and the '70s. Yeah, you know, I mean, there's a lot there's of them. A, yeah, I mean, there's a, a girl who is at our booth all the time. Goes by Cherry Riot. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's freaking awesome, and she's young. She's only like 21, 22 years old. Like anytime, you know, I'm around her, and like some music from my childhood comes up, she knows all the words, and Get it's out. just like it's impressive. You know, I mean, yeah, it is. It's extremely impressive. I mean, I'm not sure how much of the new music she really likes, but I think that, you know, the shit that our parents were saying, uh, yeah, while that did apply back then, um, I think that there's enough younger people that have an appreciation of what's still good. And I don't think we're being old people by saying good music ended 20 years ago, mm-hmm. you know? because mm-hmm. no, it did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had a girl ask me about uh, Janis Joplin, and I was like... How in the hell does this 18-year-old know about, like, Janis Joplin is my queen. And I'm like, how does she yeah. know about Janis Joplin? Yeah, what do you know about where, you don't even know what a Kermit Gia is? <laughs> I just was like, right. this is wonderful that the young people are listening. Oh, God, the young people listen to me. Now I sound like my dad. But I think it's wonderful that they're listening to the old geezer music. 
See that? Yeah. That's Heather's speech. She went to that uh, desert trip in uh, Coachella where it was the Stones, um, Roger Waters. Oh, I mean, any, the Who. I mean, anyone you could possibly think of. They called it Old Cella rather than Coachella, so they were calling it Old Cella. But uh, yeah, she had a blast. I mean, that's that's her speed. You should see our our road trips are never. We usually agree on reggae, like Sublime Station, because I want punk. She wants old school, like Led Zeppelin, all that. So we'll agree. You know, we find our happy medium there, but on a Sublime Station. Yeah. Well, those are that's all my favorite stuff. I mean, you know, I love punk rock dating back into the '60s, and I mean, I love all the classics. I mean, I consider the best three bands that ever existed. Even though I'm like totally into punk rock still after all these years, the Beatles, the Rolling Stones, and Led Zeppelin are three of the best bands that ever existed. I mean, when you take everything into consideration, the original lineup, mm-hmm. the quality of their music, number of sheer hits, oh, yeah. uh, the musical prowess of the people involved. You know, how long did that original lineup stay together? You know, I mean, just all the things that make a band a band. We just went to the Stones uh, here in Vegas at the uh, Allegiant Stadium in November. And I got to tell you, I was fucking tired and had to sit down a couple times. And he was moving. I mean, of course, his paycheck would help me move like that, too. But he was moving the entire time between wardrobe changes. I mean, just an awesome awesome show and paul mccartney was probably one of the best live shows that i've been to in my life the guy played for two hours and like 47 minutes straight and, dude's and, 80 now right? think about it he's 80 80 paul mccartney was 80. 80 yeah mick jagger and keith richards are gonna be 80 next year so uh that's, yeah that's the I mean. stones were here in austin i missed them unfortunately it was at the end of uh yeah it was about a, a year was it a year ago yeah, yeah it was right about after, a year ago. after charlie watts died it was november something yeah that same tour i met you yep yeah they great, were in yeah they concert, were in austin concert, but yeah i look at them running around and i'm sitting here at 40 going oh i got this kidney stuff anywhere <laughs> oh yeah that's right when when is your surgery you're getting what well, he's getting a kidney stone that's literally about a half an inch thick what? taken out yeah, yeah. Holy I got fucking shit. 13 millimeter kidney stone sitting inside my left kidney right now oh my and it's God. been oh there for God. weeks it's been there since you came to vegas so aren't it's you in, in terrible pain i'm in the worst pain that you could possibly imagine i'm, I'm not a fan of pain pills um i'm a fan of pot so i'm, I'm mm-hmm. definitely medicating with that and just tiling on ibuprofen and trying to trying to muscle through and get through to this surgery but yeah it hurts oh every step every God. step i take it hurts how 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 many days until uh from now at least i mean when this airs it'll probably be gone out of you but like from now like how many days until you have that taken? Uh, I, so next wednesday is when i'll go for surgery the seventh which i mean this is just the, a testament to your badassery honestly because that thing's got to be killing I don't know you if it's that or just you know the, the show must go on right? <laughs> mentality oh up there because it's you know, now Holy we're in, and like I told the wife. Now we're in Christmas season, so now I'm going to have surgery on a part of my body that I could I could use during Christmas season. I mean, live cam um, is a big part of our income, huge part of our income. So, I mean, what do they do? They they put you under completely and just open up your kidney and take it out. So, what they're going to do is the lithotripsy. I mean, I'm sure you probably have some urologists that are listening that'll correct my pronunciation of, of <laughs> that. But what they do is they they lay me down on like a wet gel pad. And they shoot sound waves that are targeted through my back into the stone to try to break the stone up. So I'm still going to have to pass all this stuff. 
right? So I'm still going to have to pass it. Um, then they break it up. The best part, though, is they're going to put a stint in me. So now I'm going to have a stint going from the kidney into the bladder, and they might leave a string hanging from the bottom of the stint out of the end of my cock. Wow. You know, it would actually, I mean, now that I think about it, maybe a more effective way of doing it would be to just take like a really long, skinny glass rod, insert it into the end of your dick, shove it all the way in into your kidney, and just hammer it. Strike it it with a tuning fork. Just strike it with a tuning fork. (laughs) (laughs) You know, some guys pay big money for that. Yeah, I don't understand that shit at all. Just <laughs> getting that out of my mouth and saying that stupid infantile joke made me a little nauseous. Think <laughs> how I feel. They're gonna they're gonna go up through me and put. I go, you're knocking me out first, right? You're gonna put me to sleep, aren't you? And she's like, yeah, we'll do to put it in there, but not to take it out. It's just an office visit to take it out. Oh my god! I said, well, you mean an office? That's not serious to go in there. It's <laughs> not serious. Look, I've had imagine. dudes pay me to put shit up their dick hole. Oh, <laughs> right! Unbelievable! It's called I mean, sounding, would... dudes. Some dudes love sounding. it. Sounding, they love it. Dudes okay, who love it, love sounding. it. Like, I mean, do do? they're you like, in, yeah, they're like metal, different size metal. You know, you got to be. It's very sterile, and you use medical lube, and uh, yeah, and it goes. Rip. God. Right up the pie hole. Yeah, no. <laughs> Uh-uh. Bad, 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 bad. <laughs> Some fucked up shit. Just for the listeners, I mean, they're both grabbing their Not dicks. to king shame. I mean, I don't want to king shame, but I mean, it's not shaming. You're just like, holy God, that's not for me. Yeah, yeah, the idea of doing that, you know, I would, mm-hmm. I would rather be on a high speed foot pursuit instead. <laughs> I, I give right. my chances of survival a little bit better. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I see these guys doing it, and I'm like, mm-hmm. holy shit. Yeah. So hopefully you're not going to be laid up or anything for any considerable amount of time so you can enjoy the holidays. And, That's you the, know, the Everything uh, I read, they say that you can get back to your normal activities in two days. So, so like, what is next? So you're doing cam shows. Are you still putting out uh, content on clip stores and stuff like that, having any kind of success with that? Since I guess you so guys yes, have only been back in the game the- together for a while. We, we just launched Dan to do it, so we're going to go back full pace site. I mean, we'll be able to do live Skype shows from there. Uh, so, yeah, danzaduo.com. And then uh, we're probably going to branch out into some of my solo stuff as well. Okay, cool. So, all right, let me ask you, uh, let me ask you this as far as like, uh, you know, because I'm just, I'm so not a gun guy. I, I just want to get some, you know, it's funny. I don't really like to talk about, I mean, I do like talking about politics, but I don't. True. In a situation where it's like, eh, you know, it might make someone feel uncomfortable or, you know, someone might get alienated that's listening in or anything like that. Everything's you know, so polarized right now. It is. It's almost like you can't have an opinion that's different than somebody else because then they're going to go for your jugular. And I'm like, well, when yeah. did that change? Because, look, I'm a middle of when the road person, you know, um, and even I can't oftentimes have conversations. Yeah. Well, it's funny because, you know, I am I am friends with a number of people who definitely differ from me on a number of uh, mm-hmm. political ideologies. I mean, I'm not like uber, uber liberal, but I mean, I am pretty far left. I mean, when it comes down to it, uh, on a lot of things, uh, you know, but at the same time, I'm older. So I'm also more of an older school liberal and not so much of, I guess, today's standards, I guess. Right, right. But uh 
You know, I mean, when it when it comes to like guns, like I mean, I assume that you have a collection and you just like to go shooting just as a thing. I do. Yeah, I enjoy shooting at the range and uh, staying proficient. I have uh, quite a few firearms that I've been collecting. Some have been hand me down. Some I've bought over the years. And um, you know, I only carry one though. The the, the myth of being out there, because you can only carry one, right? You can only use one at one time. Um, like I teach, it's a tool of absolute lack last resort i teach conflict avoidance um, and i practice conflict avoidance right if you know like i teach people in in classes and i and i practice what i preach you know uh, there's jerks that live amongst us that are out oh, there, no. right there's people that will bump into your shoulder walking down the down the, uh, the grocery store and knock into you i'm the ones who are the first one no matter who does it hey sorry about that and i go on with my business right there's yeah. people yeah. out there who would let that bother, right? There's people who uh, get road rage when they get cut off. I yeah. don't. I let people in, right? Get in. I've saved myself 30 seconds, and I've saved myself eight hours of a headache of being mad and letting this ruin my day and, and this stuff. So I'm kind of, you know, I'm like Chris Rock said, I'm real liberal on things, and I'm a little conservative on other things. Right, especially financially. Uh, yeah, sure. I'm, I'm financially conservative, but I'm more. I'm definitely farther liberal on anything out there. Uh, when it comes to firearms, uh, I would say I'm on the conservative side. Right? Don't. And, and my whole thing is, don't touch my guns. When it comes to self-defense, I think that that's one of the worst arguments that um, people use for the for the Second Amendment out there. Is right because you can defend yourself with a stick. A rock. You can defend yeah. yourself with right keys. Any right? No one's saying you can't defend yourself. So I tell people that's a horrible argument. You should use that as a. You know, you're better off using the argument of don't take my guns away because I need them so people don't take me over and make me do something I don't want to do. It's become an untalked about thing, right? Where people get uncomfortable talking about firearms. Where many years ago um, they had shooting teams in school, right? They don't have. Uh, rifle teams or shotgun teams and stuff like that in schools anymore. I couldn't let my kids post oh. pictures of us at the range because of, you know, what the school would think or something along those lines. It's a different, a different time. And I totally understand, um, you know, um, everyone's cause I get, especially during COVID, you'd be surprised. I would say, you know, you would have 50% far left and 50% far right in a classroom full of 40 people. And we were busy every day through COVID. And I would start the class off by saying, look, this is not a class about politics. I don't care if you're on the left side, the right side, you're both here for the same reason, to learn how to learn, to learn the laws, learn how to defend yourself. And that's what I'm gonna teach you. If you don't like the laws, you don't like that, do something else about it. We're not gonna do anything about it in this classroom. You know, and that way it usually stymies the politics um, out of it and puts everyone on the same page right away as far as, you know, what we're all here for um, is the law. We're not here to talk about left side, right side likes them, this side likes them, because everyone here wants them. They're all here for the same reason. They all pay their hard-earned money to be here. And I try to, you know, uh, keep it at that when I do my classes. And, you know, politics is one of those things where I just don't get into people because you're not going to, you know, uh, what I tell people is, just go out and vote. I don't care who you vote for. So many people don't vote and they want to run around and yell this and that. Just get out and vote. Show me you voted. That's all I care about. I don't care who you voted for. 
get out and exercise it right because the right not exercise is eventually what? Where you and I differ on that is I very much care who people vote for. <laughs> you know, this is something that would be a whole other episode in and of itself. Well, trust but, me, you I know, care. we're actually my, at a my point. My bank account cares too. You know, I definitely care, but it's one of those. Right, of course. You know, yeah, I don't, I, I let people, it's like, as long as you vote, don't be one of those that don't vote and, uh, and know what's going me. on, be active and actually do something about it. Exactly. So we're actually at a point in the episode where, you know, people's uh, attention spans, at least I've found, have waned at this point. So what I want to do, we're at the 45-minute mark, is give you an opportunity, Danza, to give yourself some plugs, tell people where they can find you, old fans and new, and sure. fans to be. Where can they find more about Dirty Danza and Danza Duo? I like it. I like it. Well, first of all, I want to thank you guys for having me on. Thank Why Not, Jay, Mr. Kai. Thank you guys. It's been an awesome, uh, awesome show and fun, uh, fun time here. You can uh, find me on Twitter at the Real Danza. Um, DanzaDuo.com is going to be where you find all of our all of our stuff. That's going to kind of be uh, Heather and I's official website uh, to you know list anything. Our live cam shows um, we perform primarily on Streamate, but those are going to be the two places to uh, to find us. And uh, you know, mention if you uh, shoot me a DM on the website if you guys get on there on Twitter and mention you heard this heard us on this show, and I may have some freebies for you guys. Oh, excellent. I love it. Uh That's great. Okay. Well, I'm glad we were able to knock this episode out and glad we could make it happen. Thank you as well, Mistress Kai, for joining Mm -hmm. us with your lovely co-hosting duties. And uh, I guess sayonara until next time, folks. Thank you for joining us on Seat of Your Pants. (laughs) 